seven footers gang it is jenna and gerard here and it is a special episode gerard yes it is episode 100 look at that the century mark our wilt chamberlain number look at that Ooh, like that little basketball connection for everybody i loved that episode 100 that wilt chamberlain vibe and it is a good one the hair is up the hoops are in (laughs) and the gloss is popping i don't know about you over there yeah i see you rocking your pink jordan over there you're wildin'. Get a little, get a little pink hoodie on. You know, repping a little Bel Air. You know, it's all good. Shouts to Bel Air Athletics, Will Smith. You know, all that jam. <laughs> Love it. And guys, if you haven't seen it already, go and to Gerard's social media. <laughs> cheers, honey. I just have a little seltzer, a, 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 little, a, 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 a little, a little wine for our 100th episode. What are you gonna tell people now? Go over to my my social to see what. <laughs> I was going to say, damn, I should have got some wine. I'm so stupid. Um, I was going to say, go over to your social and check out your latest drip. I I was literally taken back. Yeah, I believe you tweeted. You were like, would you say, okay, drip God? I was like, okay, calm the down. The drip God has entered the building. It ain't that it serious. I, listen, I, I, I ain't got nothing on these NBA cats. All right? Nothing. <laughs> Hey, I would put you on my best draft list. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. (laughs) I got you, honey. I got you. But let's get into the dramatics here of the NBA, because when isn't it dramatic, Gerard? For real. I mean, never. never. (laughs) While this season is extremely different for obvious reasons, I mean, the tea doesn't stop. It's flowing. It's hot. Let's talk about the drama in the Twin Cities. The Minnesota Timber Puppies, they (laughs) are under fire, rightfully so, in my opinion, but I can't wait to hear yours, Gerard, because we have Ryan Saunders fired, and then Chris Finch Mm -hmm. hired. You're like, who's Chris Finch? (laughs) You know, let's get a five things on this guy. Who is he? (laughs) But yeah, uh, Shams is reporting here. Now, Chris Finch is becoming the new Timber Puppies head coach. That's right, Timber Puppies head coach. Mm -hmm. On a full-time basis, not as an interim. That's huge, seeing as they fired Ryan Saunders. And shouldn't the role have gone to someone else? Well, it's it's so bizarre. There's so many things bizarre about this entire situation. First of all, the Timber Puppies are a disaster. Like, clearly, record-wise, we know they're atrocious. Now, to also be fair, they have been hit and ravaged by COVID and injuries, right? Like, you know, just as much as any other team in the league. But apparently, Kirsten Rojas, the GM, is not seeing the type of development he wants to see from the team. Now, to be fair, your your, your cornerstone pieces of D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns have played like two seconds together. So you really haven't had the time to get any proper evaluation of what this is going to look like. But still, be that as it may, you know, Rosas wasn't happy, so Ryan Saunders gone. Okay, firing a coach is one thing. It happens all the time. When you fire a coach, it's very rare that when you do the whole midseason firing thing, the person who you bring on next is generally the interim coach. And then you do the whole process of let me figure out who the coach is going to be and let me look around and do that thing. Yo, Chris Finch, like, signed a five-year deal. Like, like, so clearly, this is who Gerson has wanted for quite some time, obviously. It's also strange that, because uh, Chris Finch is on the Toronto Raptors staff, 
mm-hmm. that the Raptors allow another coach from a different staff to leave their team midseason to come to this new team and have this whole thing pop off. It's just all of it is just so interesting and weird. And look, the Timberwolves are a dysfunctional, disastrous franchise, right? Like, let's just call it what it is. But if this is uh, Rosas, Gerson Rosas's way of like, look, I want to turn over a new leaf and figure out what we want to do here. All right. I hope this Chris Finch thing works. The question, of course, you have to ask is why wasn't this head coach search opened up to a wider pool? Why is Chris Finch someone that clearly is a friend of Gerson Rosas, right? Like, okay, this is, this is what we're doing. I'm hiring my friend. Well, I think he may not be a good coach. He could be very good, but the whole thing is just like, what are y'all doing? What doesn't make sense to me is the fact that, okay, he comes from Toronto, inks a five-year deal rather quickly, and like we said, there was no interim coach, which is the typical step that anyone really takes in this situation, so that's all weird to me, too, so clearly this deal was in the works, people are friends, you know, doing little fist bumps behind the scenes there, but then you have Cat come out, who's supposed to be the face of your franchise, and he says, quote, I learned when y'all found out, I was eating pizza with my father and the news came out and we were all shocked. I'm a very loyal guy to a fault. I would love to finish my career here in Minnesota. I want to build something great here. I want to build a legacy in Minnesota. So the first part of that quote, he didn't know and was not informed. This is a pattern that we see within every league. Why aren't you telling your main guy that you're changing up his coaching staff? Look what happened with Deshaun Watson. Again, different league, but same shit. Like, what the hell? Yeah, it, it's, it it's, make sense. it's bizarre, especially if your Rosas and Cat is supposed to be, again, to your point, Jenna, the face of the franchise. This is the guy you're building around. We know in this league, stars have power and stars have sway. When they want to move a coach or go in a different direction, right, it's often done through back channels. They talk about it. At a minimum, you give him a heads up, right? Hey, by the way, Kat, like, looks like Ryan's going to be out of here, right? Like, I mean, even if you don't want to ask his permission, you at least let him know, by the way, this is coming down the pike. Like, the fact that he knew when everybody else knew, which could, I mean, look, it could mean nothing, but could also mean, hey, maybe Kat stays are not long from Minnesota, although he's only in year one of an extension. So, I mean, they've got four years left on that deal, three to four years left on that deal. So I, I don't know. Again, Minnesota, I hope y'all know what you're doing. Um, I hope you figure some things out, but you know, it's what it is, man. Exactly. And last note here too. I mean, this is obviously a big topic, especially now it's super timely. No black coaches were considered or at least that we know at least that we know right yeah at least that we know and as we say most of this league makes that this league makes up is black mm-hmm. players mm-hmm. so what's going on we talk about how much we want the shift we're propelling the shift of these black head coaches getting these opportunities finally and then you see this so it is a little disheartening so i just don't understand especially a franchise as no offense but right now absolutely garbage as minnesota (laughs) i mean you think that you would really take a step back here and be like hey maybe let's like take a second before we pick a head coach, ink him a five-year deal to hopefully make change here because I just, I, it doesn't make sense to me. And, and that's the thing, right? That's what makes this look strange. Look, the whole point is, and whether it's David Vanderpool or any other black coach who is, you know, whose name has been thrown around, who is like someone who should get their next, next opportunity, whoever is next. The issue here is how this works. Finch Rosas are clearly friends. 
Again, I'm not saying that Finch is not going to be a good coach. I have no idea. Time will tell. But these are the things we're talking about when we say diversity and inclusion and how we get to be in those rooms, right? Like if all the people who are your friends or people who generally look like you, what are the chances you're going to find or give somebody else an opportunity? It was clear for Gerson that Finch is who he wanted from the jump. So Vanderpool really had no shot anyway, because this is the guy that he wanted. And so many times in the NBA and in other leagues as well, the guy who the person who makes those decisions wants is generally already a friend or someone they know who's usually not a person of color. And that is problematic. It is. And we, again, can only continue to do better and give black coaches opportunities in this league and positions of higher power. I mean, again, I'm a broken record along with a ton of other people, but it is what it is. Let's talk about Anthony Edwards on another note, because man was flying high the other night. <laughs> that nasty dunk he had over Toronto went viral. People went nuts. I've never heard Anthony Edwards' name so much in my life next to random words like fly, uh, between the legs. Uh, things got a little weird and inappropriate when he flew above the head of a significant Raptors player. So... Get your thoughts on this, Gerard, because you have in our show notes, why can't we have nice things? Well, it, it's so funny. So it, the dunk was over Watanabe of, of the Raptors. And I mean, wow, what a vicious dunk that was. I mean, he, wow. <laughs> I mean, he just like. That was nasty. He got, he yammed it on that dude. I was like, ooh. And that's the thing about basketball, right? Like when you're watching those plays get you up out of makes you go like, oh, like. Those are the things that get the emotion eliciting and get everybody to like talk and tweet about it and get excited. Because at the end of the day, sports supposed to be fun, right? Like that's, that's, what, that's how we do this because it's fun to watch and fun to enjoy. And I say, why can't we have nice things? Because it's interesting that Nate Duncan uh, of the Dunk Don podcast, um, who he has his own um, media stream that he does during games with Danny LaRue. And, you know, Nate is a very popular person on NBA Twitter you know, he goes, I see Anthony Edwards' name all over Twitter, and then he proceeds to discuss his stat line for the game, which was not very good. And everybody was, like, going in on Nate, like, who cares, Dad? Like, stop being a wet blanket, like, and all this stuff. <laughs> and it's interesting because, look, first of all, my thing is, like, if you follow Nate, that's who Nate is. Like, Nate watches basketball not necessarily from the appreciation of like those kinds of things. And he's a very much like in the weeds, like, you know, he'll do, he'll tweet something like, Hey, during a, sh during right now, more teams should foul poor, foul poor free throw shooters late in games because blah, blah, right. All those sort of minutia things that like a casual fan could really give two shits about, right. They don't care about that. But again, that's the thing. So everybody like going in on Nate, it's like, but you follow Nate. You know that's who he is. Like, that should not be a surprise to you that this is his perspective on things. Now, I will say, Nate, maybe not the greatest time to send that tweet out, like, while everybody's, like, getting excited about it. Send it out later right. or, or make a point about it some other time. Like, it's not that big of a deal, right? Like, it is what it is. Like, in, in, either enjoy it or not enjoy it for what it is. But it then starts this larger conversation about, you know, people in basketball and not being able to enjoy things for what they are. And, you know, at the end of the day, it is sports and it's fun. And, you know, shouts to Henry Abbott on True Hoop. We had this conversation about this the other day. And Henry's like, look, it's like, 
all these things are like parts of a meal, right? Like if you're eating a full, well-balanced meal, right? Let's say you got some rice, you got some broccoli, maybe you got a piece of steak or chicken or fish, depending on if you eat meat or not, whatever. Maybe you got uh, another vegetable on there, whatever, right? And it's all varying degrees of it. And then at the end, maybe you have a piece of chocolate cake for dessert and you have some wine as well as part of your meal, right? Touches about everything, right? Everybody feels good with that. Well, you know, some people may prefer more of their protein, their meat, chicken or fish, right? Versus their plain broccoli. Some people might like, ooh, you know what though? I love those sauteed string beans with all the garlic and the cheese on it. Okay, like, right? But it's it's just little bits of everything. And that's sort of what you think about when you're consuming basketball, right? There's so many different types of basketball content out there, right? There's your dunks and your rights, if you want to call that your dessert. There's your solid part of the meal in terms of your... There's a little bit of everything. There's something for everybody to enjoy. Look, if you want to eat plain broccoli, hey man, that's on you. If that's all you want to have, cool. I'm not going to fault you for that. Me personally, I like a little bit of everything, right? So while I can enjoy the, you know, serious, like, hey, should we be thinking about this? I can also enjoy somebody getting bodied on a dunk and being like, oh, and enjoying that for what it is because it's emotion, right? And that's why we watch sports is to get excited, to root. It makes us feel. That's why the majority of us do this. So I say all that to say, like, you know, everybody going nuts on Nate. And it's just like, oh, God. And then it turns into this whole, like, culture war of, like, analytic nerds versus, like, casual fans versus. It's just like, oh, my God, please, please. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's just when it's too much. You've taken it too far. But yet again, another soliloquy by Gerard Hector. <laughs> Gotta love it. Tune into why we watch sports <laughs> in the next episode. Well, for you, like when when you saw the die, what were you? Were you like, damn, he got? I mean, right? I was. I, to be honest, I, you don't even. There's so many bads <laughs> happening here. I mean, I was like, "Is that man's head okay? Did he knock an eyebrow off?" But that would only matter for me because you girl paints him on. But Jesus, I was really concerned about what he got a face full of. But you know, other than that, you got, you got, you, you got a face of some nether regions, which you know may not have been. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, you know, that was a little bit into the game. It was the juices were falling. You know? <laughs> So you were concerned about Watson Abbey's safety and like how you know the rest of the rest yeah. of the- <laughs> You know me. I'm always looking at, you know, the emotional side of it. And that was the emotional side for me. And, and Anthony Edwards, I mean, that's a highlight right there, man. Woo, he was I mean Dang. I'd be updating that reel that same night. I'd be like, guys, can't meet up with you after the game. I gotta gotta, gotta get update, up the highlight Gotta update my highlight reel. Gotta update them all. Literally, that's what I'd be doing. In the, in the background of my hotel, wherever the hell they were. <laughs> but let's move on here because while I love to talk about Anthony Edwards and what he can do to brutalize people at the rim, we have to talk about the Brooklyn Nets because remember the same Brooklyn Nets that we tore down for their lack of defense and weren't really, you know, knowing what was going to happen with their future. They seem to have gotten their shit together, guys. Wow. It's a miracle. No, I'm kidding. We knew this was going to happen. Honestly, let's be real. You put like three MVP candidates probably on a one offensive terrible roster, and this is what you have. They've gotten it together. The chemistry seems on point. They won their last six games in a row, five of which were from a West Coast road trip, which you guys know is extremely hard to play on the road, regardless of home field or home court, I should say, advantage. I don't even know what league I'm in at this point in the game. 
But anyway, on a real one, they are playing defense for the most part. It's helping anyway. And their offensive tear is continuing. They have the chemistry together. Harden says they're playing good and playing smart. However, although they're winning, they are without the seven-foot sniper and Kevin Durant, who is going to miss his fifth straight game tonight as we're recording this, February 23rd, against the Sacramento Kings. How worried should we be, Gerard? How worried should we be? Well, it's interesting, Second best right? record in the East. Yeah. I mean, look, they're playing excellent basketball right now. So from that standpoint, there's nothing to worry about. I mean, look, we knew this team offensively, like, as I say all the time, good luck stopping them, right? Like, they – and the thing about this West, this West Coast road trip and this six-game win streak, excuse me, they have won in all different types of ways. In that game against the Lakers, they shared the ball. Everybody was touching. It was moving. They had six or seven guys in double figures, right? In the last game against the Clippers, it was the Harden-Kyrie show. I mean, they have shown you they can do it in a multitude of different ways. Whatever the game presents, that's what they can do. And that is the luxury of when you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden on one team. You can play multiple styles of basketball because of the offensive talents that those three possess. Now, Kevin Durant, uh, uh, mild half-string, hamstring. Mild hamstring strain. He suffered. Uh, That's in the, a tough one. Yeah, he he suffered that last Saturday. Uh, not the Saturday, the Saturday before. So a week ago, Saturday against the Golden State Warriors. Um, and he's been out since. And you know, I've been talking to some medical professionals. I'm actually working on a story. Um, you know, the thing about when you're coming back from an Achilles tendon injury, your body as you come back and you're working out you're going to compensate in other areas, right? I, I was talking to uh, a physiotherapist and he said, look, if you were to ask me with the 18 months off that Kevin Durant had, I knew he was going to look great to start the season because with an Achilles tendon injury, the more rest you have, the better. Look at John Wall, right? Two years off, he's looking great, right? Though, but people come back six to eight months, never a good thing. But here's the challenge. No matter what you do off the court, whether you run on a treadmill in a pool, all the weight, all the different variety of like fancy things that you can do with a physio to prepare you to come back. Nothing is the same as playing an NBA basketball game. You cannot simulate that. I don't even, even in pickup, right? Like you can't simulate NBA basketball in any other environment except for NBA basketball, right? So in order for you to develop the muscles to get strong again, you have to play NBA basketball. But when you're coming back from an Achilles injury, what do you need? Rest. So it's this very odd, like, dichotomy that you're kind of straddling this line. You have to play to get strong, but you have to rest at the same time. Couple that on top of this strange season, 72 games in like 100 and whatever days, basically playing every other night. Well, there's no chance to rest, right? Because that's just the nature of how this is. Not to mention the travel. So there's the whole plane aspect of it. But then your sleep schedule is all screwed up. And we all know from tons of research sleep is critical to body recovery injury or not so it's a lot so in a weird way it's like a blessing and a curse right Durant's playing less minutes he's been off for about a week now so that's good because he's resting it's bad because he's not playing NBA games to continue to strengthen his NBA muscles right like so it's this very strange dichotomy I don't think people in Brooklyn should be too concerned right now, though, because and Steve Nash had been to this uh, just now, right before we started this podcast. Um, we, we talked to him before the Kings game tonight. He said, look, 
we don't think it's that serious, but we're also being a little bit cautious. And they know, look, their hopes to winning an NBA title rest on having that full complement together, right? And they know they're going to need Durant to be playing at his best come the postseason. So if they got to sacrifice some stuff now to ramp it up so that he can play better later, they're going to do that. So I would say no wor- no cause for concerns. If it was on a concern meter and zero was like, what are we even talking about? And 10 was like panic mode. I mean, I'm at a one. Like it's, right? It's it's nothing. N- nothing I mean, to worry about right now. The numbers speak for themselves at this point. So if they could keep this up, I mean, there's it's no secret that the them acquiring James Harden has been an extreme benefit. So, and and this was part no of it, right? Here. This was part of it. Getting Harden protected the team in case injury happens and one or more of them go down, so they can stay afloat while they're dealing. And this is right. This is helpful now. So this is this is it, this is why you get James Harden. This is the, the injury insurance. That is right, my friend. So we shall see. But speaking of that meter um, of being concerned, we're, we're more than a one when it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm saying this. Well, you but, are. I'm not. Well, Maybe you I are. I mean, I'm sorry, but when you lose to the Wizards, I know it was only by three points, but the Wizards, I, I have to act this way, Gerard, because the people will come for me because a couple episodes ago... <laughs> I trash the Wizards as basically the new dumpster fire. So if I don't do this and come out with a statement, <laughs> they're going to come for me. They're going to come for me and I'm not ready because I'm scared. <laughs> so that's that. But on a real note, we got to talk about the Lakers a little bit here because we obviously know that Anthony Davis is out with that Achilles injury of sorts. They're resting him, evaluating him and it's always good to be cautionary on that side. Hence, we were just talking about Kevin Durant, his Achilles injury, which we all know at this point, hopefully, if you're an NBA fan, that it stemmed from them being worried about a strained, what, calf it was or something. So always good to rest Davis on that one. But they had that bad OT loss to the Wizards and Bradley Beal, the leading scorer in the NBA. And... Should we be worried and how worried should we be on this? People are even questioning because of this loss, LeBron James's ability to hold the team together in times like this when AD is not healthy and even questioning his amount of minutes and bringing up the dreaded words of what is it, Gerard, that they say? What? Um, Rest load or management. load management? Yeah. Well, it, you know, look, it's, it's, I'm not worried, but here's the thing though. Again, I told you I'm working on a story around injuries in the NBA and talking to various medical professionals. The Lakers, we talked about this ad nauseum. 71 days was their offseason from the time they won the finals to the start of the of this current season. That is not a lot of time. Um, these guys need rest and their ability to perform at their peak. With Anthony Davis going down, that puts more burden on LeBron James. If you watch that game against the Wizards, James was doing things that were uncharacteristic for him, right? The type of turnovers he was having and the short shots Crucial on his miss free throw. The short shots on his threes, two of ten from the from the from the three-point line, missing free throws, though he's never been a great free throw shooter. That's tired legs. And when you are tired, you tend to make mistakes. And when you're also tired and you make mistakes. When you're, when you're tired, excuse me, your body has a more of a chance to get injured because you are not 
moving and doing things in a manner that is optimum for your performance, right? And this is the challenge that they're having. I said all along, this 71 game day turnaround, not great for the teams that were, that played late into the finals, the Lakers and the Heat. And yeah, they came out as gangbusters doing well, but now you're starting to see some of the adverse effects of that. And it's, it's tough. And, you know, LeBron's going to come out and do his thing and say, you know, I'm out, unless I'm hurt, I'm out there, I'm playing, blah, blah, blah. And that's true. I'm not saying he isn't because he, he prides himself on being like, you know, a tough guy and doing what he's got to do. But LeBron's actions also dictate something else, right? LeBron is someone we know spends a million dollars on his body. The dude sleeps like 10, 12 hours a day because in terms of cumulative, not like once at night, but like in terms of his night rest and naps 10 to 12 hours a day because he mm-hmm. values and understands the importance of rest in the overall recovery and being able to perform. So he knows it is important because regular season ain't what this is about. They trying to go back to back and repeat. And unlike the bubble, this back to back is going to involve travel, right? Unlike the bubble where everything was in Orlando, you just cool, you go back to your walk back to your hotel room, everybody's in the same boat. No, 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 my guy. Come playoffs and postseason this time around in the finals, we're flying all over the place. And again, we talked about that just now. That's going to be different as it relates to how these guys are able to generate the right amount of rest. So look, in Lakerland, because it's LeBron and we know how durable he is, I'm not overly concerned, but I'm more concerned than I am about Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. So I'd say I'm probably at a three, maybe a four. Nothing to get alarmed about. Nothing crazy. But, you know, let's just, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you ask LeBron in the post-game presser, he said that he doesn't believe in rest. We all need more rest, he said. Shit. I mean, that's the quote. <laughs> I mean, look, he, he's, he he's, he's, he's just, he's just talking his talk. Him. He's just doing his thing. But he he knows. He knows that for them to be where they are, he's going to have to be in optimal condition come playoffs, as will Anthony Davis, by the way. But mind you, I will say this if you're a Laker fan. If Anthony Davis ain't healthy come postseason, y'all ain't winning shit. Okay? So <laughs> you need LeBron and Anthony Davis to be operating at optimal level. No AD, you got no shot. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, interesting. Last note on that one that LeBron dropped 31 points, 13 assists, and nine rebounds, yet still had a mm, subpar game for himself. And that's the beauty of someone when you watch the game versus just looking at the box score, right? If you just look, right? if you look at the box score, you're like, oh, he played well. But if you mm-hmm. watch the game, you're like, oh, he did not play well, right? That's the thing. And that's sort of one of those things about going back to the Nate Dunking thing counting stats and what those numbers look at like on a paper versus yeah but watching that game it wasn't that and we saw it 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 was not that (laughs) love it you love to throw a little shade at the lakers it's all no no anybody throwing shade i'm just calling it what it is it's only by throwing shade just keeping it 100 (laughs) (laughs) all right let's keep it 100 about the utah jazz because they're on fire right now off a great win against the kings and Lamelo ball and they set the record for three pointers donovan Mm -hmm. mitchell and the squad there they are having a very nice season so far great run can they actually actually be legitimately concerned as title contenders with donovan mitchell leading them look utah right now is playing outstanding they did lose to the clippers uh last friday but they're nine and one their last 10 i mean they are i love what the jazz are doing right now we talked about quinn snyder changing that offense all around they're shooting a ton of threes as you just mentioned and making them um 
They are the number one team uh, uh, in terms of adjusted defensive rating. And they're number five in terms of adjusted offensive rating. And they're number one in adjusted net rating. Those types of numbers generally indicate you are an NBA Finals team, right? And their adjusted net rating is 9.9, I believe. And that leads the league by quite a, quite a good margin. Again, signs like that lead me to believe that you are a good team. Why? Because you are beating the teams you're supposed to do by a considerable margin, and then you are also beating good teams, right? That, that's, what the, that's what those numbers tell me. And I'm loving what I'm seeing out of, out of Utah, um, you know, and it's not just Donovan Mitchell, right? Rudy Gobert is such an integral part of what they do defensively, and that leads to everything else. And Mike Conley has adjusted to playing in that new system next to Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Bogdanovich is healthy. Jordan Clarkson is sixth man of the year, and it ain't even close. It's a runaway. He is dominating and killing all those second units when he plays. Now, of course, everybody's going to be like, but Gerard, can they do this come playoff time? Can you count on Jordan Clarkson in the playoffs? Look, here's what I'll say. I do think the Jazz are a legit title contender. But so much, as you know, Jenna, and about this is seeding and where you are, right? And sort of the luck, not luck, but like your path to get to the finals. If they have to beat Denver, even though Denver's been playing kind of wonky this year, if they have to beat Denver and both LA teams, their chances of getting to the finals are much harder. But if it's only Denver and one LA team, or not Denver at all, and only either the Lakers or the Clippers, then yes, for sure, right? And you know, to go back to Brooklyn really quick, it's the same thing with them. Everybody's like, oh, Brooklyn, they're great offensively, but can they beat Milwaukee and Philly? But do they have to? Right. If, if they only have to take one of them down, then yeah, th- that increases your odds. The less great teams you have to play on your way to the finals, the higher likelihood it is you're going to make the finals, which is why we see eight and seven seeds rarely make the finals. Why is that? Because they got to play too many good teams to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's too hard. So if they can, if they don't have to play all these great teams to get there, they'll be fine. I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Utah. You know, obviously a lot of people are like, I want to do more wait and see, do more wait and see. Yeah. Remember in the, in the bubble last year. They had that 3-1 lead on Denver, but that was with Conley playing not great and no Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich is here, Conley playing better. I mentioned the aforementioned Jordan Clarkson. Look, I like what I see out of Utah, and I think they're a legitimate title contender, and I just want to keep, I really want to keep seeing them uh, keep this going. Me and you both, I feel like we, and we've mentioned this before on the podcast, Utah always has great runs like this we always talk about how utah is, is and can be a title contender and they're going to go far and this and that and then they come to that one point in the beginning of the playoffs and they just can't get past it so hopefully now that mike conley is you know infiltrated fully into that offense and is gelling we can get past the what first second round get past the first round yeah get get into get into the get into the conference finals look I, again it's about seeding if they're the one seed all the way through pfft, I mean, look, that's going to be nice for them. They're not going to have to play both LA teams. Only one. Only one. And that's huge. Thank God. If you have to beat the Lakers and Clippers to get to the finals, like that's tough. That is Think tough. about it. Really, you have to go through LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. That's a lot, And that's man. just off the top of my yeah, head. that's a counting. lot. That's yeah. a lot, man. It's a lot to ask for. That's like going on a, a Jamal Murray run and <laughs> but like hopefully a, but, making it work. But have it last for like... <laughs> Three weeks. Like that's you know what I mean. Like that's it's a lot. It's a lot to ask. It's a lot that's to ask. Rough. 
it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out, too. So we shall see, guys. You know we'll be here with you. Now we have to go and move on to a special announcement because the NBA All-Star Reserves are in. Yes, guys, we're still playing that game down in Atlanta. It's still happening. But we have to cover it. The the roles are in, the rosters are in, y'all know what's up, it's time. But since this was just sprung upon us as we were recording, Gerard and I were prepared to give our predictions, but they're out. So we're going to do a fun little game here where I have the list of reserves, but Gerard has not seen it. It literally came in when we were about to hit record. So he's actually going to say his reserves for the East and West, and we're going to see how many he can get right. And again, I have the list in my hands. So, Rod, since you're in the hot seat, I'm going to let you choose. Do you want to say your West or East reserves first? Let's start with the East, and I will say a name, and then you just say yes or no. Okay. Okay, in the East, this is easy to start. Harden. Yes. Jalen Brown. Yes. Chris Middleton. No. Ooh, no Middleton. <laughs> okay. Uh, for this next selection, I was like, man, I was torn. It's either, I think, DeMontis Sabonis or Miles Turner. Not both. It's one of them. I'm going to go with Sabonis. No. Neither. Neither. Oh, my God. I'm so surprised about Turner. Oh, my God. Okay, Jason Tatum. Yes. Zach Levine. Yes. Okay. Now I have one. I mean, there's two more people. Or actually, there's three more people, right? There's uh, three more. There's three more. Can I give you a hint if you want. No, no, no. There's three more. And I, so I have one who I think it's going to be, and I have to guess the other two. Okay. Ben Simmons. Yes. Okay. So then I think the other two, probably Trey Young. No. Oh, wow. Nikola Vucevic. Yes. Okay, so Vooch. I didn't think you were going to get that one. Vooch. Okay, shit. I'm missing one. This is a very important one to me. That's all I'll say. It's important to you. Shit. Okay, Harden, Brown, Tatum, Levine, Simmons, Vucevic. This one's easy if you think about it, really. If it's important to me. Important to you. In the East? Yeah. In the East. A little surprising to some. In the East. Hold on. Let me let me let me think about this. Hey, important to you in the Eastern Conference. It's very shocking. I don't think somebody from this team has made it in a minute. Oh, Julius Randle. Okay, that's fair. And you know what? It's so interesting because, like, the Knicks, that, that's how permanently dumpster fire they are. I'm not even thinking about them. I'm like, who am I missing? Who am I missing? No comment. Wow. Okay. So interesting. Neither Sabonis or Turner made it. I think that's so interesting. Right? Isn't that crazy? Really happy for my guys, Randall and Levine. Oh, yeah. Ben Simmons yeah. notched his third. Okay. Uh, all-star selection. Good for him. Okay. And, and I think they, you know, with Philly having the best record, they had to put both of them on there. Like, it, I'm surprised no Middleton, though. Like, that, like, I was, because he's 50-40-90. I mean, he's playing well. It's, uh, it's interesting. That's interesting. Were you surprised with Nicola? 
Vucevic, no, not really. I didn't have him on because I was like Orlando, whatever. But once you were like, okay, no Sabonis for Turner, I was like, well, they must have put Vooch on. So what's interesting, though, is no Bam at a bio. That really hurt me. Oh, that, that was interesting. Nobody, but Miami's I mean, also not playing very well. But that's so. but see, but I mean, Orlando's not great either. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing. It's just anyway. Okay, is what it is. All right, oh, let's, I hear you. Let's move to the West. Okay, here we go. All right, Lillard, obvious. Yes, thank Anthony, God. Anthony Davis, but the, he will be an injury replacement because he's not going to play. But Anthony Davis. Yes. Okay, Paul George. Yes. Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to start to get dicey now. It C- is. Because here's what I have. There's three guys left. And for each of these three slots, you can't see my, my paper. I have either or. It's either this guy or this guy. Okay. So here we go. It's either Booker or Chris Paul. It's not both. It's one or the other. I'm going to say it's Book. Chris Paul. No, Chris Paul. Is. Wow. Okay. Chris Paul. Well, you know, you can't have the MBPA president not there when he decided we're going to have an all-star game. So That's right. also very true. <laughs> all right, so, all right. So it's Paul. Mm-hmm. Now, it's either De'Aaron Fox or Zion Williamson. It's not both. You are so smart. I'm good. Shit. Oh, man. Go with. For the fans. It's either. Fan recognition, it's got to be Zion. It's got to be Zion. Yep. It's Zion. Okay. All right. I got one more slot left. This one's actually easy, although the, the choice, I think, was hard when you look at, like, who it should be. It's either Donovan Mitchell or Mike Connolly. It's not both. Neither. It's oh, Wait. It's no Mitchell or Connolly? Oh, Mitchell, yes. Sorry. That was my fault. There is Mitchell. Okay. It's Mitchell. Okay. Sorry. Okay. That was my fault. There it, is Mitchell. Okay, it's Mitchell. Okay, so I got so this, that's everybody, right? Yeah, you got Paul George. Yes, Paul George. Yep. Okay. Yep, that is everybody. That's who I was thinking you were missing, but so yeah. So it's it's a reason why I said Mitchell or Conley. Yes, Donovan's counting stats are better than Mike Conley's, but you look at all the advanced stats: effective field goal percentage, true shooting, win shares, win shares per forty-eight, offensive box plus plus minus, defensive box plus plus minus. Mm-hmm. Mike Conley. Better than Donovan Mitchell, right? Like, so it's it's interesting when you when you parse it out at that level. But, whoo, I, I feel good about, like, my, my 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 picks there. Like, I feel great about your picks. You were so good. I thoroughly enjoyed that game. You know it, me. I'm more of the you narrative. Are, you, you, it's interesting, though, right? I, I I knew it. Once we got to the bottom, I knew it was either, gonna, it's either or. I knew because I was like, oh, man. I'm like, and because it, it was a hard time. Like, I mean, technically... You... And the thing is, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. The, I was just going to say, the thing is, it's it, it's interesting. When you come down to the either ors, it's mm-hmm. unfortunately, this is the way I separate it in my mind. Like Zion or De'Aaron, Zion's more popular. Yes. It is what it is. Yes. Then when you come down to Donovan Mitchell or Conley, mm-hmm. yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And for All-Star, see, that's the thing about All-Star. That's so, that's sort of the, 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 the not the fight, but like the pushback that like, you know, certain parts of NBA media have versus other parts, right? Because again, all the All-Star game is for fans, right? It's not mm-hmm. really for like the deep basketball, like true junkie. Like it's not really for yeah. us in that way. It's, it, they want names that people know. People know Zion. They, the casual know Zion. The casual doesn't know De'Aaron Fox, right? No. Like that's just not a name they know. Um, yeah. And then the whole Mitchell Connolly thing, people know Donovan Mitchell. Like 
even though Mike Conley may be contributing more to winning. Donovan Mitchell is the name that everybody knows. And his counting stats are the ones that people see. And that's the interesting thing about basketball, right? Like, our eyes follow dunks, three-pointer. Like that, that, That's what our eyes see. Like, I was having this conversation with somebody. So the game is half offense, half defense, right? Let's say in any one game, you have 98 possessions, right? So you possess the ball on offense 98 times. It's very obvious to see how offensively Donovan Mitchell impacts that, right? On 10 of those possessions, I saw Donovan Mitchell score, right? That's It's, it's easy to, to, to measure. Points count on the mm-hmm. scoreboard, right? Rudy Gobert on 10 possessions could have, for, or let's say he forced someone who's going to drive the lane 10 times. And instead of driving the lane, they said, nope, I'm not going to do that because Rudy's there. I'm going to pass it out to another teammate to for a contested jumper. We're going to miss. Utah gets the ball. That's a lost possession. Those were 10 possessions. The opponent did not score. But there's no, there's no, there's no stat that tells you Rudy effect. But if you think what I just said, Rudy and Donovan affected the scoreboard in the same exact way. Donovan scored on 10 possessions. Rudy caused no one to score for 10 possessions. They count the same, right? But like our eyes don't see that though, right? Like our eyes see, no, I see points. Or I see a block, a direct block shot that I see, but the other stuff, right? I don't see all of those things. And it's, it's interesting when we look at basketball, like how you measure those types of things. Just, you know, a little fascinating tidbit. No, I love it. You, you make me have like 12 epiphanies during each episode. So when I like get done recording these, like I can't go to bed because I'm thinking about them for like hours and I'm like, like, damn it, Gerard. You you, you sit there, you go, hmm, is Rudy Gobert the best player in basketball? Literally, like I'm sitting here like counting sheep and I'm like, oh my God, that crossover. But like, if you think about this and I'm like, damn it, Gerard. No, enjoy the crossover. The crossover is fun. It's it's, 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 Who doesn't like seeing people get crossed up? That shit's hilarious. That's right. Or dunked on. What's (laughs) up, Edward? It's it's hilarious. I can't. (laughs) Listen, guys, before we wrap it up here and go about our merry way and then chat with you guys in just five seconds after this, probably, online and social media, let's talk about a quick hit right here. Boogie Cousins, because after the Rockets guaranteed... His veteran minimum salary of $2.3 million last week, they have now this week agreed to mutually part ways. Now, the big man is still on the resurgence of his career after a series of serious injuries, but not doing too bad, you know, this season for the Rockets, 9.6 points. He's averaging 7.6 rebounds, eh. but he's looking for a new home. I say the Lakers, but... Where is he going, Gerard? Or where can he go? Or where will he fit best? I mean, you know, he's going to have to go somewhere where he's going to play backup center minutes. Um, who needs help with a big man? Who needs help rebounding the ball? Some interior defense. Lakers. You know, Brooklyn maybe. Um, you know, it's it's a shame. Because Boogie never got the opportunity to hit that, like, serious payday. Like, yeah, he's gotten paid in the league. But, like, not that, like... I'm a max player guy that's the super, potential. that yeah. huge deal. And, you know, the injuries, I mean, we talked about it at the start of the show, at the start of top with, you know, Durant and the Achilles and, and with Anthony Davis. And, and it's so interesting because, right, injuries are so different for each, for different players. Biggie, Biggie, Boogie, obviously a much bigger guy, right? And, and, and Achilles and the quad and all that, much more weight for him to bear, right? And so, and in terms of time from the Achilles to so when he came back, 
he didn't do 18 months like Durant. I mean, he came back in like eight or nine, right? Less time mm-hmm. on a bigger body like that. And we saw it. the quad then blew out very shortly after, like all these things. And it's really unfortunate, but you know, he still got size and Boogie, you know, his teammates, people still love playing with him. He'll get picked up hopefully by a contender here on another minimum salary and hopefully he can pick himself up a ring. Right. I hope so. I mean, like you said, he never got that moment, especially, I mean, even before the Achilles too, we were talking, you know, a big game for him Mm -hmm. being in some serious contending spots. So that sucks, but hopefully he finds a new home and also the Rockets lost their last eight games, especially after Wood went down with that. They're they're having some challenges right now. Yeah. Yikes. Well, at least James Harden isn't. So (laughs) There's that. But, you know, Gerard, we got to close it out here. Tell them where they we can do. find us. You guys know where to find us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. We are at 7 Footers Pod on Twitter, at 7 Footers Podcast on Instagram, at JS Hector, at Gentleman Selly. And we will see you guys next time. Peace. Spent a couple years out here with these raps Trying to have a plan that we may come true Plotted some jobs but I ain't hit back I don't want to trap, what's a man gonna do? Chevy told me come through to the spot Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew Right around 10, came dressed in the nines You already know we really fit